Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Casey Chiropults podcast brought to you by Cats Consultants, helping doctors keep their pulse on success. I'm Dr. Michael Perush, and I'm once again joined with my good friend, Dr. Troy Fox. Troy, how you doing? Man, I'm doing good, but I am hot today. Uh-oh, what's going hot, on? Well, we got a hot topic today, and this is one that involves any chiropractor and all chiropractors that are in insurance-based practices, treating Medicare patients, uh, private pay insurance, third-party you know, insurance. These, these are the ones that we need to talk to today because I have we a had a question. I where this is going. Yeah. We had a question come via email, and you and I have had discussions about this in the past mm -hmm. already. Um, so the email question was, Hey docs, I'm hearing a lot of chatter, uh, from friends of mine. And this is, uh, Cheryl from Virginia. So Cheryl, thanks for your question. It was a great one. Um, I'm hearing a lot of chatter between me and my friends right now that meaning friends that are other chiropractors that we're hearing word of like a lot of prepayment audits. And then there's that Medicare thing, which that Medicare thing is, a CBR and a CBR is basically says, you know, are, are you, are you, uh, it's like your social justice report. So are, <laughs> are, did, did you stay within the lines or are you one of those guys that says, Hey, you need a little bit more care for this condition. And I'm not going to play the insurance game where I know that they only really offer six visits for this. And I, and I know that you need nine. And so instead you become an outlier. You become the guy on the outside. Now, I'm not saying that those statistics probably aren't somewhere in the ballpark range. Um, they may or may not be. I'm not going to argue that point because they're statistics. But what I will say is they're obviously based on something. But, you know, in most cases when we see things, they're usually skewed towards the insurance company's benefit. So I'm not real big on outlier reports, but... We want to talk a little bit about that because Dr. Perush has big information on that. And that's why I said there should be flames coming off of us <laughs> during this one, because this is a hot topic for chiropractors. And it's an important one because the people that that do, especially the Medicare stuff, they carry plastic zip ties in their back pocket <laughs> when they come in to visit you. And so, and I've never experienced that, by the way, I've seen it on TV, but we were talking about that, that they carry handcuffs. And I said, and sometimes there's plastic zip ties. So <laughs> let's talk a little bit about what's going on um, and maybe a little bit of how to keep ourselves out of trouble. Uh, mm -hmm. And that may go back into note taking, which is never fun to talk about, but Hey, it is what it is, right? Yeah, it is what it is. <clears throat> and yes, we're starting to see audits heat back up again. So flames. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, there are different kinds of audits. So you've mm -hmm. got OIG audits, you've got <clears throat> third-party Medicare audits, you've got, um, which are typically post-payment audits. You've got the optum prepayment audits that are starting to, starting to hit. Um, <clears throat> so you, you got a lot of people looking over your shoulder right now with your insurance based claims and Medicare based claims, which Good or bad, you know what? If you're doing all the right things and crossing your T's and dot your I's, you're probably fine. And I, I wouldn't lose sleep over it. If you're not dotting your T's, wait, we, we cross T's and dot yeah, I's. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> if you're not crossing your T's and dotting your I's very well, or you're not sure, um, this is a good time to work on making sure and taking the steps and creating the action plans to get compliant with what auditors are looking for. 
it's really not that hard. What auditors are looking for is number one, are you taking a good history on a patient? Are you meeting the confines of an ENM? Are you proving medical necessity? Does your S, O, A, and P all match up together? Does your diagnosis coding make sense? And does it go along with your treatment? Mm-hmm. Um, and then is the note properly dated and signed? So if you, I mean, that's kind of it in a nutshell. If you're doing all those things, you're probably fine. But <clears throat> where we get in trouble sometimes is there's kind of this blurred zone, if you will, in chiropractic. And that's that zone between acute care and maintenance care Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. you as the doctor may not always jive uh, brain to brain with an auditor's idea of where that case should be going. So you just really got to make sure that you, you document well and, you know, using tools that help you document like uh, outcome assessment questionnaires which are fabulous in my opinion, because you can really objectify your progress with a patient and, mm-hmm. and show that you're still getting progress even late in late stages of a, of a case. It's very important that uses outcomes. Um, Oswestry is a really good tool and it's a great tool because sometimes patients forget how bad they felt when they first came into your office. Yep. So once they get to that, you know, two week time frame, uh, that's a that's a that's a, a particular place I really like. Two weeks and four weeks, especially at two weeks. Sometimes it's like I'm improving, but Doc, I just don't really think I've improved. Um, as you know, very much. And then you have them do that Oswestry and they go back through it and they go, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I forgot that I was, Oh yeah. I've, I've like improved a ton. And then it, it kind of sets the stage in a lot of cases. So patients can see how much improvement they've made. You know, it's uh, it's pretty hard to see. Um, unless you see a before and after, pic- after picture on a house, you know that it didn't look really good when it had the old paint peeling off of it. And then you come in and you power blast it and you repaint the house and you go, wow, that looks really good. But you don't even really remember how bad the old house looked until you put a side by side. That's what right. your side by side is right there. That's a really good move to make with patients. Now, the other thing I want to tell you about this is don't stick your head in the sand. If you're bald like me, you might scratch your head, but don't, <laughs> don't stick your head in the sand when it comes to this. Folks that say, I've done it this way for years and the insurance company can stick it where the sun doesn't shine, you know, or whatever they may say. Uh, in other words, being non-compliant. Uh, I'm not going to comply with this. I'm not. Gonna, well, guess what? You, unfortunately, eventually it's going to come down to a point that you will comply because you're basically a contractor for them. I know it sounds like it sounds like it should be the opposite, but you're a contractor for them. They sell insurance, they give the opportunity and you contract, you do that work. And so what happens is they go, we don't want to use them as a contractor anymore. They're costing us too much. So if you think of it from a work standpoint and you have three people come in and bid a job on your garage and one guy's three times as high as the other, what is the insurance company looking at when they're looking at this just like you would? They go, that guy's way over and these other two people are kind of in range. That's really what an outlier report looks like. Now, sometimes you may have an explanation, the way you practice, the type of things you do, but they're just looking at raw numbers. Well, and you just hit on why a lot of these insurance companies are moving to quality ratings on providers, Mm -hmm. which really equates to, do your treatments tend to be a lower cost 
than other people in your area, number one. Yep. So they're gonna they're gonna use a quote quality measure to drive more patients to you if your right. treatment plans are are less less costly, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um so it's one thought. But you know, the the other idea is a lot of these companies are starting to do these prepay audits. And mm-hmm. so now instead of paying you and then coming back later and doing an audit, they're going to do the audit up front. So you're going to send your exam information in and so forth. Right. And you're going to get back how many number of visits they're going to allow you to have or so, how much so, they're going to allow you to have per visit. So basically what, we, what we've determined on some of these prepay audits, and, and this is exactly what it sounds like, you just got taken out of the decision-making process. You can input your opinion. Hey, I'm going to see them three times a week for four weeks because they've got severe torticollis and can't see out of one eye. And they go, oh, no, you should be able to resolve that in three visits. Now, I'm just and I'm just throwing a number. And that's all you get. But literally, that's all they're going to give you. And so so there's a real problem there, because now all of a sudden, as the diagnostician, as the guy that did the orthopedic and neurological exam, as the guy that sat down and took that detailed history with the patient. They just wipe you out of the way and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. So if you, if you think that, uh, if you, if you think that shutting down the Keystone pipeline was bad, (laughs) wait until this comes and it affects you directly. But those are the things that are happening. And it's really, it's maddening, saddening, and very, and scary all at the same time, because your skills as a doctor are being disregarded when it comes to that. And, and, and I don't want to start a, 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 you know, a boxing match with this, but it frustrates me as well because I don't like what the insurance companies are doing with that. That's not their job. If that's their job, then if there are adverse problems with that patient, then maybe you should also be liable just like I am at that point, because maybe you need some malpractice insurance because you're acting like a doctor. Right. <laughs> well, there's some truth to that. Yeah. Some truth to that. Yeah. But, you know, I th- I think I think if we look at the silver lining here, I think there's really an opportunity for for us to improve our level of care and maybe prove to some of these insurance companies that you know what we we do know what we're doing. We do know how to make decisions about cases, and mm-hmm. we do get great mm-hmm. outcomes for patients. So, number one, number one, do your own internal audits and and be reasonable about those audits and objective about those audits and record what you find and put action plans and strategies in place to correct those issues. Right. That's, that's number one. Number two, um, learn how to do a great exam, a thorough exam and not just run through a bunch of named tests Right. Really connect the dots. What does it mean when you have a positive knock loss, for example? You know, really connect the dots. How does that play into the patient's case? What is that telling you? And that's that's what your assessment area is supposed to be telling you in your right. SOA. <clears throat> and, you know, why is there a fixation? What's involved in that fixation or subluxation or whatever your terminology is? You know, talk about the musculature that's involved in in that subluxation in that area and how that affects things. You know, for example, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got uh, an interspinalis muscle in the lower spine between L4 and L5, I'll just pick something and you sure. palpate it and it's really sore and L5 is really restricted in motion. You know, how is that affecting function? How is that mm-hmm. affecting 
the the core? How does that affect the function of the quadratus lumborum and the the transversus abdominis? Um, I can mm-hmm. tell you based on research that it shuts them down. So we've lost function. So start yeah. connecting the deeper dots on on that. And then the third thing is learn how to diagnose. And I see this all the time. Mm-hmm. We have a tendency to get into bad habits and we want to simplify our diagnosis because we don't really want to go to the Cairo code book and look up a deeper diagnosis because it takes time. Myalgia for everything. Just myalgia. That's right. It. Or sprain strain. Well, I can yeah, tell you right now, strain. myalgia and sprain strain together with a subluxation are going to get you about three to six visits. Yeah, But exactly. if you've got an 18 to 24 visit treatment plan and you know you do, diagnose it to one yeah. and that'll protect It'll- you as well. Let me throw in a fourth item here, and this is one that us chiropractors struggle with. And, the, and I mean all of us. All of us have struggled with this. Here's the fourth item. Determining when a patient has reached MMI. Yep. We struggle with that because I will agree. I always like, I think I can eke some more out of this. If we just adjust them three or four more times, we might see another 10% improvement. You have to, especially with wisdom and age and practice, you have to look at the age of the patient, the severity of the condition, what's going on with it, how much improvement you've made over the time that you've been. You have to start developing some sort of headspace that says, okay, if this person falls into the typical realm right. and not everyone in my practice is an outlier, then I'm probably about done with this patient so far as MMI. And I need to talk right. to him that this is probably about as good as I can get you. Yep. Um, now your maintenance care may get that further 10%. Right. But at some point it's clinically appropriate. It's not medically necessary. So when exactly. That, and, and you hit the nail on the head there, Troy, when you hit that point where your care slows down or stops as far as mm-hmm. functional improvement mm-hmm. goes. Yep. And this is where your outcome assessment tools work great. Yes. Because yes. it really helps you track that. Yep. And, and I'll just give you a great rule of thumb. <clears throat> when you score your outcome assessment questionnaire, you get a, basically a disability score. Yeah. Is what that is. So when that disability score gets down below 20%, mm-hmm. you're getting close to maximum yep. medical improvement. And if over the next three or maybe four visits, if that disability number doesn't improve anymore. Boom. You've hit it. You've hit it. And so you put in your notes, let's say you get it to 15%. You put in your notes that I was able to help the patient restore um, up to a 15% loss of function. We're likely at um, maximum medical improvement or maximum chiropractic improvement, whatever you want to say. And you, you put in your notes that you're discharging the patient to wellness care where you may get that last 10 or 15%. Don't expect that you're going to get every patient to zero. It just doesn't happen that way. Now, here's what's funny about this. Dr. Perush and I don't talk about everything. We talk about a lot of things, but then he'll talk about something or I'll talk about something. And we talked about something right before this podcast where he said, oh yeah, that falls right in line with what I did with this. The (laughs) funny thing is that's exactly how I used outcome assessments. We were looking for that 20 to 15% range, nine times out of 10, you're, you're going to, especially now with a 16 year old kid, you might reach a hundred percent in a week and a yeah, half sure, so sure. far, but with your average 
working class adult, 40 to 60 year old adult, that 15 to 20% is a very reasonable number. And it's one that I always look when we saw, when we were coming to that, we were usually coasting into the finish. Yeah. You know, and some people were a little quicker than others, but man, those outcomes assessments, one, they help you show people where they're going. And number two, it helps you as a doctor on the back end determine when it's time to probably have that discussion about long-term care, wellness care, whatever, or rehabilitate, you know, uh, not rehabilitative care, just basically palliative care at that point to hold mm-hmm. their condition where it's at, or try to make that small bit of improvement if you're seeing them frequent enough. So, you know, those are all very important things, but those are things that all have to be documented. And that's a really exactly. great way to document it. But now you can't just do the Oswestry and then not take any notes on it and then just ignore right. it. You need right. to put that in your notes and, hey, we did a, a Swestry exam today or an outcome assessment today, a neck out, uh, outcome assessment. And we did this and this is what we found. And here's what our plan of action is based on the results of what we found, because they trust those outcome assessments more than they trust you, to be quite sure. honest. Sure. Not, and those, not that that's right, but they and do. Those, out, those outcome assessments give you your short term and long term goals as well. So right. it, it, it does so many things for you. And I want yeah. to give a great example. So I used to have some attorneys that would uh, ask me to do documentation review before mm-hmm. they went into the courtroom. And they just say, you know, do me a favor, review this. Give me your thoughts. What am I up against as far as documentation of this case? Right. And I remember one that always stood out to me. <clears throat> and the doctor had gotten the patient to 18% on a low back disability. Mm-hmm. But continued treating the patient. It was a PI case, of course. Right. Continued treating the patient for another six months. Oh, boy. And the, out- and the outcome assessment score never changed during that time. Oh, my. And I turned to the attorney and I said, honestly, you probably got about five months worth of care that was delivered that you're not going to get. Right. You're not going to get covered. And here's the thing. Because you treated, you treated yeah. past. Right. Sorry. You treated past MMI. And at that point, you're basically in that zone of overutilization. Right. And chiropractors hate your, hearing the term overutilization. We hate hear, hearing the term of, of somebody else deciding when that patient's reached MMI. But can you look at it from a statistical standpoint at that point and go, you've got all these outcome assessments that didn't change. They stayed right at about you know 15 to 20% improvement. Over five months, who in their right mind would pay for that? That's that's what you have to realize. We always have to look at the other side of the coin. And I think sometimes in our anger and disgust and frustration with the system, sometimes we don't want to look at the other side of the coin. And I think you I think you improve your own practice by looking at the perspective of the insurance company, even though we think and your credibility. Big, yeah. We think they're the big bad wolf. I get it. But when we look at that uh from the opposite side, it helps us gain a better perspective on our practice. And okay, what do I need to do to make sure that everybody understands what I did with this patient and that the outcomes follow the recommendations that I made? Right, right. It just makes sense. Right. You know, it it's kind of like playing golf. If you uh, if you know how to read the green, mm-hmm. if you're good at reading greens, guess what? Your putting game is going to be dynamite. Yeah, but if you're not good at it, you're you're gonna blow up your score every time. And I personally, I think fishing your way through the documentation process and avoiding audits or surviving audits, yeah, um, is probably a better way to say it. 
is is based on being able to read the greens. In other words, mm-hmm. know how to do it, a good exam, know how, how to tie the dots back together, know right. how to diagnose well, and yep. and watch your your MMI points and pull the patient out of care, move them into maintenance when the timing's right. Right. So and we've got hard. we've got classes on that that we teach as well. So for oh, documentation. Many, you know. Yeah, we've got tons of classes on it because I know that some of you are sitting out there right now and you're going, gosh, I just don't know what to do. And I'm not sure if my notes are good enough or not. So we also do notes review. We look at them and go, um, yeah, that's no. It's sometimes every, one, one out of a hundred, we'll look at and go, that's perfect. It's hard to be perfect. All of us make a mistake or two on notes. Sure. It's going to happen just because you didn't dot the I across the T one time. I didn't, uh, for, for blue crosses purposes, I didn't put that. I apply, I put that I applied ice. They said, did you apply it at the office or at home? I was like, seriously, I knew where I applied it at, but you know what? I didn't put it in the notes. So sometimes there's just little things. I'm not saying that's a good example. Uh, <laughs> that was blue crosses example at the time, but having a complete note that really tells the story as Dr. Perush will tell you that that's kind of his big thing. If it tells the story and you understand where the story is going, where it starts, finishing, uh, starts, goes and where it finishes at, you're in great shape. So yep. we have a lot of classes on that. I say a lot, we've got a plethora of classes that actually go through every process of the note taking experience to make sure that you are good at documenting what you do. So if that's right. something you struggle with, you might want to have a talk with us um, because we don't just do marketing. And I know sometimes when we talk about chiropractic consulting, people think, oh, that's just how that's this group that helps people get new patients. Well, no, that's that's not our we, we cover the whole we help you run your practice. business. We help you run your business, everything from the office staff that you have to note taking yep. to what kind of Facebook post should you make? We do it all. Uh, and really, I think documentation is a very important part. It's not sexy, but it's important. That's very important. That's absolutely yeah. right. And if, if you want to talk about uh, what's going on in your practice, you can jump on my calendar anytime. Go to the catsconsultants.com website and jump on that first page, top right corner. You click on the button up there. It says schedule a a call or schedule a consult. I can't remember which it says, but uh, you go right to my calendar. So jump on there. I love talking to doctors about their practices. We do that for free. Um, Not going to try to sell you on being a member, whatever. Just, you know, if you're take away from this podcast today is that hmm, I may need to do some things to really evaluate my documentation and my note taking and figure out methodology to avoid audits or am I at risk of one? Let's talk about it. Happy to talk to you. And if you've got questions or if you've got deeper thoughts and want to hear us hear Troy and I banner these subjects around, you can email Troy any question yep. at Troy at catsconsultants.com. And remember it's cats with a K. So yep. Troy, anything else? I think, you know, as I was listening to you talk about getting a hold of us and talking to us, I think now is a very tenuous time with inflation rising and all that. To me, it's the best time to try to get, you know, I I don't know that there are very many athletes and that sort of thing out there that don't have professional coaching. At this time in the game, I think it would be very important to have a roadmap for the future. But that's just me. I think coaching uh, or consulting is a very positive thing for your practice because it gives a third perspective. Uh, and I think you'd be surprised that actually the affordability, uh, you know, 
is is really good. It has changed over the years what's required to be in a consulting. And I think we've got several plans that are very agreeable mm-hmm. and very price conscious for you to be able to come in and get the information that you need from us. So I think it's it's you know high time maybe you take a look, especially before yep. this inflation hits and really drives this. And we're all going, oh, gosh, you know, what do I do with my practice? Because inflation is double digit, which I think we're pretty close to being there now. Pretty close. So Pretty yeah. close. Yep. Never never sail rough seas alone. That's right. So. I love it. All right, Terry. Good to see you. And uh, to everybody out there, thanks for listening to the Casey Cairo Pulse podcast brought to you by Cats Consultants, helping doctors keep their pulse on success. So from all of us here at Cats Consultants, we'll see you next time. See ya. Oh!